This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. So guys, with this being one of my first podcasts ever, we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. We're going to try out a few different segments, but primarily I'm going to focus on different things such as traps in the draft, uh, the draft itself, and just try and have a little bit of fun with it. I mean, honestly, guys, it's a little tough doing a podcast by yourself. Don't know if you've ever had to sit there and talk to yourself the entire time while teaching yourself something, but it's uh, it's a little different. So like I said, if you guys... uh, enjoy it let me know uh, leave some suggestions leave some comments i'd really appreciate it and uh like i said we'll have some fun with this so on to the first segment we're going to call it be careful it's a trap oh yeah throwing a little bit of star fox back at you guys now but uh really guys we're going to talk about different traps uh different styles of drafting of course a little bit later in the episode but this first segment is solely about traps It's just being about careful where you draft and not falling into the ADPs of what people will think the values of each players are worth. you got to make up your own mind, and this is just one guy that I can't stand where he's going just because of the fact of previous production and coming off an injury. you just got to be careful of where other people think he's worth compared to where he should actually be. And the biggest thing is, don't get me wrong, I actually love the player. I just hate the spot that he's going in. I'm acquiring him about three weeks into the season in as many dynasty leagues as possible. So, here we go. Alright, so here's the deal. I don't hate players. I just can't stand when players are picked too early. So I guess I hate their ADPs. Some things just don't make much sense to me. For example, Brandon Cooks sitting there at 42, Robert Woods at 46, and then sitting real pretty at 52, six picks later, Cooper Cup. Nine months removed from an ACL injury by week one. There's no guarantee he's even going to be ready for week one. They think he's going to be ready, but there's no guarantee. And even if he does end up being ready for week one. There's no way that a guy can be up to speed, in shape, ready to go, and produce at the same capacity that he did the year before, being the number two ranked wide receiver in the NFL prior to his injury. And there he is in the fifth round, being drafted 52nd overall. You guys are fucking nuts. If you think that Cooper Cup is going to produce like that, You've got to be on something. It's going to take six weeks just to get him reacclimated to the NFL. To get him back into football shape. And that's if he doesn't pull something or strain something in that time period, which happens with ACL injuries. How often have you seen a wide receiver come back from an ACL injury 
and put up a wide receiver two, or why even wide receiver three numbers, but he's being drafted as a wide receiver two. Nine months ago. Stop being dumb. He's not going to produce like that. Hey, I'm not saying don't draft him. It's just I hate the position. Now, if Cooper Cup starts falling because reports start coming out and he falls into the wide receiver fours, scoop him up. He will be there for your fantasy championship. But don't waste an early pick when you have people like Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin, Sonny Michelle, Chris Carson, Ty Lockett, James White, Jarvis Landry, DJ Moore, OJ Howard, all in the same area. And even I'll include Kenyon Drake with that. So we have, let's see, four running back ones on the respective teams. And how many four wide receiver ones or twos on their respective teams? And I'm, Calvin Ridley and Chris Godwin, yeah, they might be wide receiver twos, but they're going to be on prolific offenses. You have Bruce Arians running one system. He's coming back and he is going to dominate in Tampa Bay. Then you have Atlanta, who is probably going to throw just as much to the Chiefs. Don't forget, Matt Ryan was quarterback two last year. Calvin Ridley is a beast. He's got a full year in the system. He's ready to rock and roll. Yes, Dirk Cutter is coming in. But Matt Ryan had one of his best years as a pro under Dirk Cutter. Guys, don't draft Cooper Cup at the position. If he can fall to you in the seventh round, great. But hell, I'm taking Mike Williams over him. I'm taking Tyler Boyd over him. I'm taking... Alshon Jeffrey, most of the time, over him, depending on how my team lines up. Watch the ADPs. Don't fall into those traps. The ADP traps are the worst, and they will end up screwing over your fantasy season. And it's time 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 for that that, 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 Alright guys, so as we talked about, we're going to be doing a mock draft today. We're going to have some fun with it. I'm going to go through some players that you're going to really like, you might have to reach for. I'm going to go through some players that you shouldn't even touch on that draft board. However, mock drafting is extremely, extremely important when it comes to winning your league because it sets up the base, the first part of your fantasy football season, and gets your, your solid foundation down, ready to rock and roll. So the first thing you need to do when you go into your mock or when you go into your draft is you want to sit there and you want to lay out the land. You want to figure out who you want to pick, who you don't want to pick, and start going ahead and queuing those players up in the order that you would normally take, just in case something happens, like you lose connection, or just to make sure that you have your personal preferences up first. So for example, my one through six, um, which is my tier one running backs, players that I'm going to take one through six before any wide receivers because running back is obviously one of the most important positions, is Zeke, Christian Caffrey, Alvin Kamara, Barkley, Gordon, and, of course, Johnson. That's in my order, personally. McCaffrey could end up slipping ahead of Zeke. Just depends on how the uh, preseason goes. But I really like these six running backs. They are my tier one. Following that tier one, players that I'd be willing to take in round two in this order is going to be Connor, Gurley, Bell, Davin Cook, Chubb, Mixon, and Mack. Oh, and of course, Damian Williams. So make sure that you guys set up yourself for success by figuring out who you're going to take, who you're not going to take, and getting those players into your order. This is just running backs, guys. I normally lay out everything from running back to wide receiver 
to tight end and quarterback as well and get everybody in my draft order for the entire draft. I make sure that I highlight a few players that I might have to reach for in order to get ahead. And I make sure that I put red, line, red lines through players that they have to slip three or four rounds, but if they're still there, I might be willing to take them. Somebody such as LaShawn McCoy, who if he sinks all the way into the ninth round and he's the starting running back for the Buffalo Bills, I'm going to take him. And like I talked about earlier, I don't hate players. I just hate ADPs. I hate draft positions. So you have to be willing to take some of these players at certain points, regardless of the situation. Now, let's see. We got two seconds left to draft. I'm sitting in the seventh spot in a 12-team uh, PPR league or PPR mock draft, and I'm going to go through these players, talk about who got drafted, who didn't, who should have gotten drafted. And first off the board, which is going to most drafts, is Saquon Barkley. Me personally, guys, I have Saquon ranked as my fourth overall running back. Um, I, I just don't see that offensive line performing. I don't see their offense getting much better. And it's bad news if Daniel Jones ends up going and replacing Eli Manning because nobody dumps off the ball more than Eli Manning to their running back. Uh, next up was Ezekiel Elliott followed by Christian McCaffrey. Like I said, I personally have Ezekiel Elliott slightly ahead of Christian McCaffrey, but that could change going into the season. I just have to be I have to see how DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel had developed. So defenses aren't loading the box up against Carolina. I want to see how healthy Cam Newton is as well. Now, judged by this system, they have Alvin Kamara, number four, Le'Veon Bell, number five, uh, Melvin Gordon, number six, Devontae Adams, seven, DeAndre Hopkins, eight, Michael Thomas, 9. Julio Jones, 10. Me personally, I have DeAndre Hopkins above Devontae Adams. I do like Adams this year, but DeAndre Hopkins just has more of a proven track record. You have to stick with that proven track record for your first overall pick because if you blow this pick, typically you're going to blow your season. That's not always the case because you do have a few late sleepers that could end up pulling you out of that hole, but it's very tough to win a championship without a first-round pick. So off the board next, we have Alvin Kamara, David Johnson. Two good picks I agree with. Uh, up next is projected to be Le'Veon Bell. I'm not a fan of Le'Veon Bell. And then Melvin Gordon following that. I do like Melvin Gordon, but that contract dispute is scaring me. So Melvin Gordon was taken next. Um, I'm going to have to go DeAndre Hopkins with the proven track record like we talked about. Um, other considerations would be Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Vontae Adams. I'm going to go ahead and go with, with my guy in the first round, the player that I'm taking in most cases. I don't think Le'Veon Bell's offense is good enough. For Le'Veon to be a top five or top six running back, we'll see what happens this year. It is definitely a possibility. I'd rather take the number one overall rated receiver, in my opinion, over the number eight or nine overall running back. So following my pick was Devontae Adams. Le'Veon Bell is still on the board. Uh, typically, guys, with different drafts, you have to do these mock drafts to figure out how your team would end up sitting. I have done close to probably 300 drafts so far this offseason. So typically... I like going wide receiver in the later half of the first round. Um, in round two, three, and four, there are some great gems that you can steal at running back. But when it comes to wide receiver, I'd rather end up having a solid option at wide receiver at this point than end up going into the second or third round taking you know wild guess on my first wide receiver. There's just too many risky options out there. And what I'm looking at right now, um, after Demonte Adams got picked, it's the number nine overall pick. You still have Le'Veon Bell, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, Travis Kelsey, James Conner, Odell Beckham, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Antonio Brown. Guys, at this point, uh, I'm not driving Todd Gurley yet this early. If Todd Gurley falls to me, possibly in the third round, yes, absolutely, I'll take him. Even, even if he is there late in the second round, like if you end up having a, an early first pick and you can team up Todd Gurley with somebody like 
Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, that could be the ticket to the championship, so do that. But when it comes to the early second round where you have to have somebody stable as well to make sure that you uh, can produce with the top end wide receiver, don't go with, with Todd Gurley and take that risk in the early second round. All right, so we're on the last pick of the first round. Uh, we saw Le'Veon Bill go off the board, followed up by Michael Thomas, and then Todd Gurley. Thomas is a great value right there. I do think that early Gurley's a, a little early for that um, end of the first round. However, best case scenario is Todd Gurley ends up producing for most of the season, but he loses you know, 10% all the way up to 20% of his uh, touches. That's going to be a problem. However, there is reports coming out of camp that – Daryl Henderson is struggling with pass protection. So we got to see where that ends up. They might have to keep Gurley in the game during those points. I don't see Malcolm Brown as a receiving threat, although he can catch. But he's going to be more of a, a ground and pound to take work off of Gurley. So it does leave big play possibility on third down with Todd Gurley in the game doing pass protection. Then you have Julio Jones going off the board. Joe Mixon. Uh, I love Julio Jones at pick 12. I think that Mixon is a little bit of a reach at this point, but people do like Mixon. I've been seeing him go in the first round, even that. It's just his offensive line is way too beat up. He lost his left tackle, the rookie left tackle. He ended up uh, losing for the season. And I, I just don't see the, the high-end potential that I guess other people are seeing. But if they can get that offense back on track with a brand-new coach and A.J. Green is healthy, it could end up pulling pressure off of the box with Joe Mixon then he could end up having more big play potential. It's just going to be playing down a lot. Joe Mixon's not a huge pass catcher, although he can do it. Got to see what happens with that. Followed up by Antonio Brown, Travis Kelsey, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster. And then I'm up on the clock. I'm looking at Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Dalvin Cook, T.Y. Hilton, Leonard Fournette. Uh, me personally, I love Odell at this place. He could end up being a top three wide receiver if they give him the volume. However, I think that they're going to be playing up in a lot of games, so it's tough for me to take Odell here, especially while already having uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Mike Evans is another huge possibility for me. Obviously, with Arians airing the ball out, I, you can't really turn Evans down at this point, but Dalvin Cook always stands out to me. I just don't know if I want to take a risk on his health. Um, if I look ahead into the next round, I do have a few running backs, like Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack. That would be my running back one. So I'm going to go ahead and take Odell at this point and uh, just see where the, the chips land. I really like Mike Evans. Like I said, that was the biggest inner conflict. Uh, with Dalvin Cook's health, it just scares me off a little bit. Um, however, he did finish up the year strong. So all three of those players, in my opinion, at that point, were all draftable. Um, as it's going by, we now have Leonard Fournette taking next. Keenan Allen. Oh, the reason why I didn't go with Leonard Fournette is I don't see the passing volume there. I, I just don't see it. I don't think that the Jacksonville Jaguars even like Fournette. Um, I, don't, I don't think that they're going to game plan for him as much as they have in the past, although he has no depth behind him. We just have to see how it goes with uh, Leonard Fournette. He's also a possibility for a pick. I just don't like his lack of pass-catching ability in a PPR draft. Next up, we had Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, who I liked, Brandon Cook, Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, who I believe could have a huge year this year, um, especially in yards. So if you have any yard bonuses, keep an, uh, an eye out for T.Y. Hilton earlier than the late second round. Julian Edelman was the first pick of the third round. And then we're still looking on the board with Amari Cooper, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, Devonta Freeman, Nick Chubb, A.J. Green. Amari Cooper goes next. Uh, we still have the two tight ends. I don't think that Kittle is going to get the same target share opportunity. They just reloaded that whole entire wide receiver corpse. 
And George Kittle had 136 targets, I believe, last year. That's not going to be repeated. The next closest receiver only had 66, which was Kendrick Bourne. Make sure that you guys do take shots on tight ends, but I just don't think this early in the draft it's all right. I could see them going late third round, maybe early fourth round, but they're both going to have regression, both Ertz and Kittle. They just both went as well. Uh, Devontae Freeman actually went above them. I don't think that Devontae Freeman's going to have the same season he had back a couple years ago when he was a monster. Although he is a decent pick, he's just more of a late round third for me. I think there's too much value still on the board. We have Nick Chubb, A.J. Green still on the board with Stephon Diggs, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Marlon Mack, Kerryon Johnson, Aaron Jones. I just have Devontae Freeman behind those guys because of injury possibilities, reliability, and the fact that the Falcons are going to pass the hell out of the ball just like the Chiefs did this past year. Who knows? Could it open it up for Devontae Freeman? I just don't see it happening. We do have... Um, Brandon Cook's going off the board following the two tight ends. At this point, I'm on the clock, and I'm looking at Nick Chubb, A.J. Green, Stephon Diggs, Josh Jacobs, uh, Derek Henry, Marlon Mack, Kerryon Johnson, Aaron Jones. I'm going to have to go with my guy at this point, even though Josh Jacobs is moving up the board for me. I think that Marlon Mack has a huge season with Andrew Luck at the helm. Um, I think the Colts are going to make a deep run in the playoffs, but they're going to rely on their offense to do that. I believe that Marlon Mack will have a huge year this year. There's going to be wide open running lanes with that massive offensive line he's running behind. There's not going to be a lot of defenders in the box with them acquiring um, Devin Funches, Paris Campbell. They already have T.Y., which you talked about, on the outside. And then, of course, you have Eric Ebron taking up the seam. I think that Paris Campbell is going to be a boss out of the slot. There's just too much to cover. Marlon Mack is going to have a huge year this year. Now, you might say, what's the difference between Marlon Mack and Devontae Freeman? Well, the whole point of this is, once again, going over ADP. We are taking him around later with Marlon Mack. Yes, if Devontae Freeman was here, I would take him at that point. But ADP is so crucial with your drafts. Just pay attention, guys. Don't reach. Take players as they come unless you see a guy that you really need. Let the players come to you. The only other player that I considered taking at this point was Josh Jacobs, possibly Aaron Jones. I do like Kerryon Johnson a lot. I just am very curious to see why they ended up drafting and investing so much into that running back position. I know that they want to run. They tried to sign Malcolm Brown off of the Rams. Then they ended up signing C.J. Anderson. Then they drafted, I believe, two more running backs, or at least one more running back. There's just too much. There's too many question marks going there. And if you have a question mark about a player, just follow the roster reports. Follow what the teams are doing. That's going to be the answer to your question. That's why I think the carry-on is going a little bit too early for me. All right, so following my Marlon Mack pick, we ended up having Damian Williams going off. I think that Damian Williams is going to climb up the boards here shortly. Uh, he's not going to make another second round. Uh, I think that's a great pick as well. Um, I kind of feel like I might have gone that way. Uh, Nick Chubb, A.J. Green, carry-on Johnson like we talked about. Stefan Diggs follows Kerryon Johnson. Josh Jacobs, who I really liked. I was hoping he was going to fall to me. Um, he did not. Tyreek Hill, Derek Henry, Robert Woods, and Aaron Jones, who I also was hoping to follow to me. That makes it tough on me because I need a running back. Um, and I'm looking at running back-wise, Sonny Michelle, Chris Carson, Phil Lindsay, Mark Ingram. I'm not a big fan of uh, any of these guys this early. I really do like Henry and Drake and David Montgomery, so we can see if they fall to me in the next round. David Montgomery was not one of my favorite running backs coming out. I just I liked his talent. It just just wasn't there for me. However, he is uh, climbing up my rankings right now. I think that he's going to get a huge volume share. We're going to see what happens, obviously, with preseason. But uh, 
I want more and more players from the teams that I know are going to have a great offense. Typically, that's where the best fantasy matchups come from. So I have to go with Chris Godwin here. Um, my other options are Cooper Cup, who we don't know is healthy. Alshon Jeffries, another guy who's going to be on a dynamic offense, but I like Chris Godwin's potential with Bruce Arians. I'm going Chris Godwin at this point and solidifying my three, well, my two wide receivers in my flex position. Cooper Cup, once again, we don't know. He's going to be nine months removed from surgery, I believe, this upcoming uh, or for week one. That doesn't mean that he's going to be on the field field week one, and even if he does, he's not going to be playing a huge uh, snap share. It's probably going to take him a good six to eight games to get back to the position he was in when he uh, went out. He was actually the number two ranked wide receiver prior to getting injured uh, last fantasy football season. So I do think it's there, but I'm not going to draft him this early. Kenny Galladay is great, but they're going to be running the ball a lot. Uh, he's going to be more of a sixth round pick for me, maybe late fifth. Um, if he does fall that far, which typically he has not been. James White has actually been climbing up my position ranks lately. Uh, I don't know where else they're going to go with the ball. Nikhil Harry is doing all right in camp, but he's a rookie wide receiver. Um, Sonny Michelle, he got another knee scope recently. He's not exactly healthy. I just got to figure out what's going on there, clear a little bit of smoke, and see what's going to happen with James White before I do raise him up. But he is potentially going to be a huge asset. I am five, four picks away now, um, and Kenyon Drake is still on the board, so I'm hoping that he falls to me. If he does, I'm going to snatch him up immediately. Uh, yep, he's still here. Uh, my other options would be David Montgomery, Tree Cohen, Miles Sanders. Wide receiver-wise, there's still Sammy Watkins, Tyler Board, DJ Moore, who I love. But once again, it all depends on... Cam Newton's shoulder. Evan Ingram uh, is still on the board. I'm going to wait for a tight end. Hopefully, O.J. Howard falls to me by the next round. I don't know if that will happen, but I need a running back over a tight end, so I'm going with Kenyon Drake. I think he has huge potential this year in Miami. Um, hopefully, Fitzmagic ends up loosening up the field a little bit, gives Kenyon Drake some lanes to run through. I think the guy's dynamic. I don't know why Adam Gase didn't start him, but hey, I'm not the coach. So the projected amount of fantasy points is 208.8 fantasy points. However, last year, while playing behind Frank Gore, not being the starter like he is going to be this year, had 206 fantasy points. It just doesn't make any sense to me why they only estimated he'd be doing two points more. The Dolphins are just as bad as this year as they were last year. There's not going to be any difference between... There isn't going to be any kind of crazy difference in the offenses, except for the fact that it could be a better offense with a more trigger-happy quarterback at the helm. I'm really excited to see this 2019 season kickoff and Kenyon Drake still be at this draft position. I'm hoping he doesn't rise too much. I don't see anybody really falling to move him up the board. Kenyon Drake is definitely going to be one of my guys that I end up a ton with this year. So, I'm still looking at David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Robbie Anderson, Mike Williams, O.J. Howard, Hunter Henry, Darius Geis, Lamar Miller, uh, Timmy Coleman, LaShawn McCoy, I'm still six picks out in round six right now, so I'm really, really hoping that O.J. Howard falls to me. Don't know if that's going to happen. Pretty much the only hope that I have him falling to me is if these other teams need running backs or if there's a quarterback run. And there's two auto-draft teams ahead of me, Harrison and Perez. One of them does have a tight end. But these are the kind of things that you're actually going to want to check out on a regular basis during your draft when you don't have a minute and a half to actually draft. When you're in a real draft, you have to do research throughout the draft to make sure these certain positions will fall to you. This could be the play I needed. Oh, OJ Howard got picked up two picks before me, which I saw happening by the auto-draft. 
Andrew Luck went, which I was hoping for. So if I end up waiting on Hunter Henry, it's going to be another 20 picks estimated before there's another tight end worth taking. Honestly, I still want to have a tight end in that middle tier range. And the only other player that I would consider picking here between Allen Robinson, Robbie Anderson, Mike Williams, uh, Lamar Miller, Telvin Coleman, Sean McCoy, Deshaun Watson. The only other two players I'd be looking at picking up possibly were Robbie Anderson, Mike Williams, and I already have my wide receiver position covered. If I ended up going with three running backs instead of just two at this point, um, I would have considered taking a wide receiver like Mike Williams to solidify it a little bit because I believe that Mike Williams has a ton of potential. But I'm going to go ahead and go with Hunter Henry this year. He should be healthy, should be ready to go, and should soak up a bunch of red zone targets. I'm uh, excited to be a Hunter Henry owner in a lot of leagues. However, if O.J. Howard is still on the board, I would have gone O.J. Howard over Hunter Henry. Uh, like I said, I want as many as the great offenses that I could find. Once again, Chargers are, are still up there as one of the great offenses as long as they sign Melvin Gordon. Uh, following my pick went Allen Robinson, Lamar Miller, Robbie Anderson. Lamar Miller is a great consolation prize if you ended up having an open flex position or if you needed to solidify your running back position because maybe you went tight end early or maybe you ended up taking a quarterback early, which I would never advise. However, uh, Lamar Miller is not a terrible running back. He was still he was still decent last year. And he is the starting running back on a dynamic offense. So don't forget about that either. If you do end up taking Lamar Miller, make sure you take uh, Foreman on the back end. We now have too many auto-drafters on the board. Otherwise, I would see if uh, Telvin Coleman would possibly fall with Sean McCoy. But he just got, both of them got taken up by auto-drafters. But uh, typically... In most of your leagues, you're going to see LaShawn McCoy and Tevin, Tevin Coleman uh, free fall a little bit. Will Fuller followed them, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan. Guys, don't sleep on Matt Ryan. They're going to be passing a ton this year. Uh, hopefully their defense is a little bit better so they can be more competitive in games. However, Matt Ryan was the number two overall rated quarterback last year. He's extremely talented, and I don't see him regressing that much this year. He might be number five at the most, but he's still going to be up there. Now I'm on the clock. I'm looking at Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard, D.D. Westbrook, Christian Kirk, Dante Pettis, Corey Davis, Golden Tate, uh, Darrell Henderson. If I was a Todd Gurley owner, I would take Darrell Henderson right here. However, I'm not. And Christian Kirk, with that increased uh, speed, that offense should be a completely different animal this year. I end up uh, with a decent amount of Arizona players just because of the pace of play that they're going to play this year. I'm pretty excited to uh, to see that offense in action. I'm taking Christian Kirk right here. Dante Pettis would have been my only other pick. Golden Tate typically falls too far uh, afterwards, so I could take him up in the next round if I wanted to. But Christian Kirk, in my opinion, will be a wide receiver to this upcoming season, and I'm excited to get him this late in the draft. So with Dante Pettis still on the board, he's obviously uh, in my, my sights. He's not going to fall to me, but Dante Pettis is an option. Corey Davis is an option here. Golden Tate is an option. I, I'm not a huge fan of the Corey Davis just because of the quarterback position. The only chance that I would take Corey Davis at this point is if uh, Murray does get hurt and Tannehill just goes off in preseason showing that he's healthy and the system's perfect for him. That's the only chance I'm taking Corey Davis this early. I know he is their number one receiver, but they just don't pass enough, and when they do pass, they're not very good at it. Corey Davis is definitely going to be one of my uh, people I'm not drafting at any point. Uh, under these circumstances. Latavius Murray is still on the board at this point. If you have injury-prone running backs, this is the chance to grab Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray is going to be the Mark Ingram of the Saints this year, and honestly, I think that he could be a better version of him. We'll see what happens, but don't forget, Latavius Murray, every chance that he's gotten to show out, he has showed up extremely well. 
It's just he's gotten replaced by younger players or he wanted too big of a contract. For example, with Oakland, they didn't want to pay him. Latavius Murray has huge potential, especially if we know that certain games he can go off because of goal line carries or because they're going to try and, and run the clock. He was uh, position ranked 38 last year and still ended up having a pretty decent year as the number two running back when they wanted to run Dalvin Cook. So we're still looking at Rashad Penny, Jordan Howard, Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, Jarrett McKinnon, Larry Fitzgerald, Kiki Kuti, and Cortland Sutton. I'm on the clock now with Golden Tate, Latavius Murray, Rashad Penny, Jordan Howard, Ronald Jones, Jarrett McKinnon, and Kiki Kuti. I think that Kiki Kuti is going to get a ton of play this year. I already have DeAndre Hopkins, so I think Kiki Kuti is going to be my pick here just to make sure that I'm stacking and handcuffing wide receivers. If something does happen to Hopkins, Kiki Kuti becomes the number one overall target. I know Will Fuller, you say, hey, no, Will Fuller has huge games. Well, in the same target share, or in the same amount of time that both those players were healthy, Kiki Kuti actually had two more targets, I believe, than Will Fuller. So Kiki Kuti is my target here. I, I don't even have another consideration. If I did not have a tight end, I'd be looking at Vance McDonald because he's the only one in the Steelers' backfield. There's a ton of vacated targets. So Vance McDonald could have been a pick. If I wanted to show up my running back position, like if Kenyon Drake doesn't pan out, like I talked about earlier, I have Rashad Penny. Or you have uh, Latavius Murray. Rashad Penny has a huge chance for uh, snaps, especially on passing downs, which we all know Seahawks don't really pass. But when they do, he, is, uh, he has potential. Uh, we have Ronald Jones, who if you want to take a shot on, I don't blame you, but he's not going to be a guy that I'm taking too many shots on until preseason. He did add 13 pounds of muscle, but typically I'm not picking up running backs. They're known for their elusiveness and their agility when they add 13 pounds of muscle. It just never ends up well with those running backs. So I am looking at Curtis Samuel here. He had a productive year last year. I do like him. Uh, once again, if Cam Newton is healthy, I believe that he will go off. I also have Michael Gallup, who is potentially the number two receiver in Dallas. Sean Jackson, which is two hit or miss for me. I'm not going to take a chance on those guys. Geronimo Allison is going to free fall here soon. Uh, we believe that uh, Marquez Valtez-Scantling is taking that second receiver spot. And Dante Moncrief is the number two receiver believed to be so in Pittsburgh. So he has a lot of potential as well. But I just like Curtis Samuel too much. I'm going to take him here and pray that Cam Newton is healthy. Draft. Done. So this is when the patience of waiting on quarterback plays off. I typically take a quarterback in round 10, 11, or 12. But typically you want to check around your the teammates and see who has what players. So it's looking to me like every team before me has already drafted. There's only one team that doesn't have a quarterback. So if I go to my quarterbacks right now and just check out who I have on the clock, Tom Brady, who I'm not touching, Mitch Trubisky, Philip Rivers, Jameis Winston, and Lamar Jackson with Kirk Cousins. I don't think that Cousins is going to be passing a lot this year. Uh, Lamar Jackson is, is potentially a hit or miss. It just depends on how he did this offseason with his mechanics on throwing. Jameis Winston is a quarterback one for me. So he's the player that I'm taking in most cases. Phillip Rivers has potential to win you weeks, but his consistency, I believe, is off. So if I go back to my board and I want to compare my needs versus the player potential, um, there's nobody that I'm really seeing on here that I'm in love with. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, I think, could get some passes, but i got to see his rapport with uh, Joe Flacco. I know they're not going to be passing a ton in that offense. Uh, Royce Freeman uh, has potential. Supposedly the, the target share or the uh, carry share is going to be split this year. Uh, Deontay Foreman, 
Deontay Foreman is a huge, huge, huge potential sleeper in this. This could be a league winner. I'm going to go ahead and take Deontay Foreman in this position. If he does pass up Lamar Miller, that means that you have a running back one and a very high-powered offense with a player that has proved he has been successful in that position before on a snap-by-snap -snap basis. I'm going to let him fly and take Deontay Foreman. And this is where, like I said, this is where it pays to wait on quarterback because now I'm looking here at the number two wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I just got a potentially number one running back for one of the top five offenses in the league, and these players are going to just completely solidify my offense. I, I ended up taking a quarterback in like the top uh, six rounds, I believe, last year in one of my leagues, and I never, ever do that. Uh, this is the first year that I had a team that had a losing record because I didn't follow my system. Just trust, guys, that the chips are going to fall your way. In fact, the guy just, the person that did not have a quarterback just took Phil Rivers, so now my quarterback position is completely safe. But now I have a very solid, solid core with a ton of potential big-time players. That's how you build a winning team is you build off solidity with huge upside potential on the back end of your draft. In fact, I might snag up Paris Campbell. Might have to snag a Paris Campbell before somebody else does in the next round and then wait again for one more round on a quarterback. I think that Paris Campbell has huge upside. And this might not be the year with him being a rookie, but you know he's going to have those games where he goes against a slow slot corner. I mean, if it's third down, you have Naeem Hines, Cigar, Devin Funches, T.Y. Hilton. Who, who are you going to cover? Paris Campbell, Devin Funches, T.Y. Hilton, or Naeem Hines? There's just too much speed on the board. Uh, too many possibilities for Andrew Luck to go to. He's going to have time to pass, so he can do all of his checkdowns if those players are not open. And look, oh, it's Paris Campbell up against a linebacker in the flat. Oh, he's gone. You're passing him. He's getting 15, 20 yards, and I believe that's what they're going to use him as constantly. I'm taking Paris Campbell. I still have Miko Harbin, Marquise Brown, uh, DK Metcalf, Anthony Miller, who Anthony Miller could be the number one wide receiver for the team. Devin Funches. I think Devin Funches has more stability, but he's going to be getting 40 yards maybe a touchdown every other three games. I'm not willing to take that chance with Devin Funches. I need upside. I need Paris Campbell. This is going to set me up now to take a quarterback with my next overall pick. Yes, my defense will suffer and my kicker will suffer, but typically I don't even draft them. I'm going to draft them for our purposes, obviously. But going into round 13, I am drafting Jameis Winston, who is now with Bruce Arians. And now I have the stack, stack of Chris Godwin, and Jameis Winston, I got handcuffs with Kiki Kuti on DeAndre Hopkins, who Kuti can still produce without being a handcuff. I've got Christian Kirk in a high-powered offense. I have upside with uh, Deontay Foreman. I've got the number two wide receiver in Green Bay in a high-powered offense. I've got Curtis Samuel, who, if Cam Newton is healthy, will be a wide receiver two, possibly three. Um, Paris Campbell, who has potential upside, especially with matchups. You keep an eye on your matchups there, and he'll fill in in a couple dead spots when I have uh, bye weeks. So now I'm looking at defense, defenses and kickers. I like the Browns' uh, defense this year. I think it's going to be majorly improved. But I'm going to go ahead and draft Adam Vinatieri with the high-powered offense that we talked about. And then on my next pick, hopefully the Browns will still be there as my defense. Houston's still there too. However, Houston's secondary wasn't improved very much. I'm definitely going with the Browns on this pick. And this is going to set me up to leave one flyer as my last overall pick. Um, typically, I would do a flyer before I did a defense and a kicker, but I wanted to make sure that I could talk to you guys about a few different defenses that I actually liked. A lot of times, I don't even draft defenses. 
just because there's only been one team in the past 10 years that got drafted in the top 10 to actually finish as the number one overall defense. So my next pick is up. I'm looking at Chris Thompson, Theoretic. Oh, Alexander Madison, who if I took Dalvin Cook, um, like I planned, or like I was talking about in the second round, I would take Alexander Madison as a handcuff for Dalvin Cook. I typically don't draft handcuffs, but with Dalvin Cook's injury history, Alexander Madison would most likely be the one to step up into his spot and take the snaps. Darwin Thompson in Kansas City also has potential upside uh, if uh, Damian Williams doesn't pan out. Devin Singletary in Buffalo, hey, if you're doing the dynasty draft, draft him. But not this year, guys. Adrian Peterson, who is the starting running back for the Redskins? Guys, like, my biggest thing is, is you take, or you take, like, these players in these last couple rounds, willing to cut them after the first couple weeks, depending on their potential. You're not going to hold on to these guys in the last rounds unless you see automatic involvement off the bat. Adrian Peterson most likely will be the only running back playing week one for the Redskins. That's a huge, huge, huge upside. You play him as a, as a number one starting running back. However, Justice Hill is also a sleeper. What I'm going to do is I'm going to draft Adrian Peterson here as my last overall pick as a starting running back for week one, possibly week two. And then I'll end up cutting him, hoping Justin Hill is still on the board. Nobody's picked him up. And then I'll pick up Justice Hill for the last half. There's been issues with Mark Ingram. Justice Hill has potential to get on the field and could have been somebody like, oh, who? Alvin Kamara. That's right. Justice Hill has gotten comparisons to Reggie Bush. That's who his likeliest comp is. Yes, he might not play this year. If you're in Dynasty Draft, Justice Hill. If you're in a regular standard league, go after Justice Hill in the late rounds. You don't know when he's going to pop. Just keep an eye on him. Just keep an eye on him throughout uh, preseason. Keep an eye on him throughout regular season. See his touch count. See if they're going up at all. Watch game film. Justice Hill could be a huge hit, and nobody even knows he's coming. So, just to recap, we got DeAndre Hopkins, Odo Beckham Jr., Marlon Mack, Kenyon Drake, Chris Godwin, with James Winston, the quarterback, and Hunter Henry, tight end. Browns defense and Adam and Terry, I'm extremely, extremely satisfied with that starting roster. Obviously, if anything, I'd say my running back could be a little weak. However, you have two potential stars, and with one of them being in a very high-powered offense, the other one pretty much being the only option on offense. Um, we also have Christian Kirk at wide receiver as a backup, Kiki QT, Curtis Samuel, Deontay Foreman, who is obviously a, a potential number one running back, depending on what happens in Houston, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Paris Campbell, and Adrian Peterson, who is also a starter as of right now. So we pretty much are looking at high-volume running backs, uh, potentially with Deontay Foreman as well, and very solid wide receivers with a lot of shots in the dark who could end up being stars. This is my draft formula. This is the way I'd love to draft every single time. Yes, I don't always end up with the same players, but I always like that high-end upside when it comes to your bench players. You never know what you're going to get. Obviously, there's not going to be a situation that I start one of those over DeAndre Hopkins or Odell. However, in the flex position, it could end up coming down just to matchups where you actually do insert some of those players that do have high-end upside. Essentially, though, what I'm hoping for is that one of them does develop into a star throughout the season. I could trade him off for an extremely high-end running back, maybe package uh, you know, somebody like uh, a Marlon Mack along with like a Kiki Kuti, package those two guys together and acquire you know, a top five, top ten running back. I believe Marlon Mack is right outside that realm, so anything that I can move up and just solidify that roster, I'm going to do. So thanks for listening to the Mock Draft, guys. Hope you guys got some good information from this. And... Uh, 
yeah, I'll call that a show. Thanks for listening.